is your host, Leon McFarlane, and my co-host, Ricky Pan. And today, today is finally the day where we start our interview series. And who not better to interview but ourselves first, so, so that we really, really get to grips with our interview process. It's going to be an exciting series. I look forward to how far we go with this. I look forward to seeing what our guests bring to the table, because yet again, it's two guys shooting the breeze over discussions that matter. We are two people who are really, 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 we really like to improve and augment those familial, those romantic and those friendship amicable connections. So what is it that we can truly get out of this? So without further ado, let me just give a brief introduction to what we're going to be discussing today. So as we mentioned in the hiatus, we've had five to six months off, uh, mainly because I had trips to go on, <laughs> I had other things going on, and Ricky had his struggle with mental health. And on top of that, I want to really, really delve into the move to Denmark. So why Denmark? Why Denmark? Why did, why did you move to Denmark? I want us to go through the, the network connections that were established, because I think that's important. Were there networks already established beforehand, or is it something that had to be created along the way? I also want to look at, okay, mental health. You've been here before regarding mental health with your work that you did in Thailand, which you mentioned in our first episode on the basis of men's mental health. What happened at the workplace and how did we get here? How did that fully affect and really, really give de detriment to that mental health? What were the humps and hurdles and the successes from this trip, um, from you relocating? What has been learned and what is what are the, the key nuggets of information and the key learning points that you could pass on to our audience? Because I think it, it's such an exciting opportunity to be able to do this and do it on our platform. So without further ado, Ricks, why is it that you moved to Denmark? You were established here working for another company and then you shifted over to Denmark. What was the allure? What, what, why, what was the reasoning? Because Denmark, lovely country, as we, mm -hmm. you know, we've both been there. I went there first time this year. What is it that, what really, really enticed you to move over, to, to move over there? Yeah. So. Great question uh, to start off with. Um, I just want to have a little disclaimer for our listeners. This is going to be very mm. personal for me. And uh, it's going to be sort of like an emotional roller coaster. Uh, so, you know, you can have your ups and downs. So, listeners, just prepare yourself, strap in, and, and kind of enjoy the ride. But uh, yeah, why I moved to Denmark? Well, before I moved here, I, I was here uh, four times before. Um, mm. And, and the first two occasions were due to work. As soon as I, on that first trip, as soon as I landed in Denmark, I, I kind of felt a piece of tranquility uh, and peace with this country compared mm -hmm. to the hustle bus of London. Everything seemed a bit more quieter, peaceful. There wasn't like that mad, like rush uh, to, to, you know, get to a place very quickly. Everyone's more chilled and relaxed. So that, kind of um, spoke to me after living in London my whole life. Um, mm -hmm. and, and you know how it is, especially when you work in the city, you're on the tube every single day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go, going to the rat races, so to speak. It got to a point where I just kind of felt like I, I deep down, I needed a change, right? Um, mm -hmm. And that's some of the things you, you can't uh, tangibly explain. It's just something you just feel 
and, and you know, deep down in your gut feeling that, you know, okay, I've been here in London, born here, raised here for almost 30 odd years. And uh, last November, when I came to Denmark for a holiday, an opportunity mm-hmm. came up uh, with a new company um, to relocate here and, and kind of um, build a career here. Mm-hmm. And after, you know, speaking to my, my friends, you know, such as yourself, my, my family, um, I decided to, to take the plunge, uh, go out of my comfort zone, so to speak, and, mm-hmm. and uh, move here. Um, and I think it's, you know, for, for anyone that's listening, uh, expats to relocate, relocate people to another country, it, it can be quite hard, you know, mm-hmm. leaving behind a life where you have stability and you have a daily routine already mm-hmm. developed and fixed in, kind of uproot your life and, and move to a new country style over again. It's something that's uh, not easy. Yeah. So with that, I've got a question for you. So you've uprooted your life previously with Thailand, as I mentioned in our introduction. What yeah. would you say, would you say that this time was more difficult? What were the differences between that time in your life being, I believe you were 26, 27, yeah. and this time in your life now, uprooting and moving. Because I, I believe Thailand, well, I've been to Thailand as well. Thailand is a very, very, very different culture to Denmark, Copenhagen. So yeah, what were the, the contrasts? What were the differences and what was similar? Thailand, um, great country. Don't think I could ever go back there. I think I've committed too many uh, cardinal sins there, but that's... Uh, oh dear. Yeah, that's, 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 that's for, for another that's for another time. That's another time. Great question. I think um, mm-hmm. with Thailand, I knew there was an expiry date on that. So I knew okay. I was going to return mm-hmm. uh, back mm-hmm. to the UK. Beautiful country, great people, um, good weather for the most part. But then when you live in Thailand, you also have what we call monsoon rain. And mm-hmm. that means it doesn't stop raining for you know a good couple of days. Um, but yeah, there was always kind of an expiry date. Uh, and it was always going to be a year. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew I was um, going back to the UK. Moving here, I didn't have that mentality. I didn't know how long I was going to stay or how long I wanted to stay in Denmark. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a completely different ball game in that regard. And the mindset was different as well. Uh, I think, uh, in, I think especially, you know, um, when you know that something's only going to last for a limited period of time, mm-hmm. you're already kind of planning, okay, what, what am I going to do when I re- return there? So that was the, the, the kind of main difference. Uh, and I guess what further cements that you were comfortable, well, when I say comfortable, not comfortable because obviously it's out of your comfort zone. I think what further yeah. cements that it was your, your home place. And I think what further cements that people deemed it as your, your, your next place of residence is that you had visitors with Denmark and Copenhagen. Now, fair enough, in terms of Thailand, it's a long, further distance away, but you had people who actually would come over and see you in your your new habitat, essentially, which is always great to see. So I guess with that, because then I'm essentially talking about networks and connections with your your current friends and current family. What was it like to move over to Denmark, leaving your friends and family that you would see on a constant basis, regardless of it being the rat race or not? And did you already have a network established in Copenhagen? Yeah. Talk talk to me a little bit about that 
and how that's helped you through that move. Because I think it's it's so important that when it comes to things like this, yeah, again, I've I've never relocated. I Lon- London's my home, and it always will be my home. Yeah. You can hold me. Don't hold me to that audience because you know there may be an opportunity in the US or something later on down the line with my line of work. But yeah, in terms of that, what networks did you have already established in Denmark, and how did that help you through? I would assume the loneliness that comes with relocating and just a complete reconfiguration of your life. Yeah. Well, I already have built a uh, a established kind of network of uh, friends here, mm-hmm. and uh, funny enough, they were all from um, you know the the same company we were working in, where I was there for mm-hmm. almost uh, three and a half years. Um, so I already knew people here. I, I had friends here. Um, I, I wouldn't say I had um, loads of close friends here. Um, mm. I think some took took time to kind of build and develop whilst living here. Um, there was one person that you know very close to, which you know I've uh, discussed with you about plenty of times. Um, uh-huh. So you know, uh, I already kind of had that connection here. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was very difficult. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think mm. you know, in pod, uh, on our podcast we promote transparency and honesty and accountability. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Segue back into our previous episode, so check that out <laughs> if you haven't already. Uh, it was very hard, um, and especially you know um, leaving uh, my immediate family there and leaving my mm. you know, my my very good friends such as yourself. Um, mm. it, it, it it wasn't an easy decision, right? Mm-hmm. And um, especially my, my immediate family, because I'm from a kind of a oriental kind of background and culture, we're always taught to have strong family values and always stay together. And I remember um, mm-hmm. when I first told my mum, she was like, well, why the hell do you want to move there? <laughs> Just, <laughs> you know, stay here. And you know, you know what mom's like, doesn't matter if you're, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50. Um, yes, that's true. You, Mum's always going to be mum, and she was going to have that protective uh, nature about her. And you know, mm. when her her boys leaving the nest, so to speak, you know, she gets very um, she doesn't take it well. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a difficult conversation I had to have with her. But uh, you know, I think when she saw that this is what I really wanted, and also speaking to my grandma who I love to bits, and and someone mm-hmm. who I can rely on to you know, to, to go to anything um, related to professional, personal issues. Um, she she supported the move um, mm-hmm. as well. And uh, yeah, now, uh, now here I am. Yeah, it's great to hear you have a good support network back at home, um, which, you know, yeah, again, it will always continue because you're loved, you know? So it's one of those things. So in terms of the next part then, so you relocated, you started the new job. Now... Yeah the new job was a role that essentially was a step above what you already experienced. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Obviously we don't need to name the company because we're just talking about the experiences here, yeah. but how did you feel going into a new role where there's that the challenges are that much higher? You've just relocated. There's so many new changes at once. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that because I, I'm intrigued because I'm sure I'm, well, I'm learning new stuff now as we're talking 
So yeah, tell, tell us, tell me and the audience about that. Yeah. So for those that know me personally, um, I've been in sales for almost six, seven years now. Um, and this new role, um, as you mentioned, was a step up from my previous role as a, an account executive. This new role was head of sales development, and that actually included a bit more uh, managerial and, and strategic responsibilities. So that included building up like a sales function, uh, effectively from ground zero, mm -hmm. hiring, managing, uh, and mentoring, uh, and building a team there, uh, and also developing kind of strategies and working more closely with uh, C-level um, mm -hmm. people at the, at the company. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was a mixture of excitement and a bit mm. of fear, right? Because when you go into a, a new role and something you've never done before, you're always going to have that, uh, that initial sense of excitement, but also fear because you want to mm. make sure that you want to give all to this new role and you want to make sure you want to do everything you can to to kind of succeed so there was a a, a kind of a, a mixture of emotions when when i uh when i took on that role mm -hmm. and then for okay mixtures of fear and excitement did you have anyone that was there to whether this within the company or not to mentor you and help help you navigate these new hurdles essentially yeah i think from a to be honest and transparent, from a professional standpoint, I didn't think I had uh, that mentor um, mm -hmm. directly because um, I was working with the, the CMO, um, mm. who, who's great. It, it's a great boss, but they've never really done direct sales before, right? So I think okay. I, I needed... So it's completely fresh. Yeah, so I needed some mm -hmm. of a, a more of a direct mentor, but uh, he, he was great in terms of... Um, you know, being there for me, both like mentally checking in on me. So, you know, I have nothing but great things to say about that guy. It's just that um, I feel like I needed a more kind of direct mentorship when it comes to mm. maybe sales strategies, sales practices, um, and, and kind of helping building the, the, the sales function. Okay. So, okay. I get that in terms of from a professional standpoint, were there anyone in... Is there anyone in your life who has been at that level that you could talk to regarding navigating such a new period in your career? And what did you reach out to any, let's say, online groups regarding this new line of work or this new level of work, I should say? Yeah, a few of my ex-bosses, um, you know, have uh, have made it to, you know, directorship level. Um, mm -hmm and you know kind of uh, uh vp levels there as well at other companies and i'm gonna hold my hands up and and say no i didn't reach out to them maybe that's mm -hmm. something i should have done uh, mm -hmm. i totally held my hands up and i think by me not reaching out to them it was putting me at a kind of a, a disadvantage uh there in terms of to navigate my way through the, through the new role so mm -hmm. yeah it's uh, it's something i i have to kind of um you know, reflect on and it's, mm. it's something I'm going to take forward with me. Um, I have a very close friend of mine. Um, she, uh, don't think I want to name her. I don't think she like being named. We just call it, <laughs> we, we just call it B. Okay. So she mm. currently works at, uh, you know, my, my old, old company. 
Um, and she is, uh, she's high up in, in that regard. And mm-hmm. she's someone I can talk to when it comes to kind of more managing leadership kind of strategy. And, you know, I always go to, go to her, you know, if I need any particular piece of advice on that. So yes, she's someone I have in, uh, in my life that I'm, I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. And yeah, again, we love we love the accountability and we love shout outs on this channel. When it comes to uh, the interview section, there's going to be loads of shout outs. So yeah, I hope those people who do listen and know who and know who they're well, I know that it's them that's being referred to. I hope that they enjoy listening to this content. So Ricks, the next question I'm going to ask, right? So you've jumped into this new role the the confidence is high because it's the next level up you're excited yes fearful because obviously what's what's life with a little bit of fear and doing something that's in the unknown and doing something that's that's uncomfortable because that's how we grow you're there for three to four months and then you get the the knowledge and the information that you're either going to be made redundant or you're going to be let go if you clarify for me and the audience what what exactly happened with that that week? Because I remember I do remember it quite clearly. I was on I was on my way to Montenegro. I think I literally just landed in Montenegro. I got a missed call yeah. from this guy, which yeah. normally I don't get a missed call from him when he knows that I'm going to be busy or knows that I'm going to be dealing with certain things. Yeah. I'll be accountable with this. I looked at the I looked at the missed call. And I'm like, eh, let's leave this for another day or two. Yeah. Now, the thing is, as it was so uncharacteristic, I should have, as a friend, looked at this and been like, okay, you know what, let me get back to you as soon as possible, but I didn't. And obviously, the news broke out that something happened at work. And I could tell, normally, because I've been, I've known this guy for about 20 years, I've known Ricky for about 20 years, I can generally tell when the mood is up and when the mood is down. And when the mental health is down, there's, there's distinct differences. So could you talk to us about what happened during that week was it redundancy was it was it a was it let go what exactly happened with the company and what happened to your role and obviously take your time with this one because this is where as we said ladies well ladies gents audience it's a roller coaster of emotions here so let's take the time and delve through in a bit step by step nature what is it what exactly happened on that week and then what happened the week after yeah I mean, just reflecting that, it's... Uh, yeah, it's going to be a hard one to reflect on, but I, you know, we're going to share the floor and we're going to be accountable and be transparent. And obviously, if you need to have those those little breaks, by all means. Yeah. I've got you, bro. Um, so it was the... It was uh, around around May time. Um, mm-hmm. We had just come back from uh, a company off-site uh, where everyone in the company, we went up to a place uh, in Denmark... Um, where for next two, three days, everyone was together. We had workshops, you know, team building activities and mm. really just getting to, to know, um, people, uh, from the company, um, people flew over mm. from Germany and, uh, and, and other countries, um, uh, to be there. So mm-hmm. everything was good there. And then I think three, well, on a couple of days later, uh, me and the CSO, who was just recently joined the company, we had a, a, a you know, we started having chats and stuff. And 
I think there was one day he just brought me into the room and he just said, look, rookie, it's um, not good news. Mm. We're going to have to let you and your team go. Mm. And he said it. It's not based on your performance, your team performance. It's just that I feel like we need to streamline operations, and and so your role will effectively be made redundant. And I remember I uh, I, I, I got a letter on that same day, I had to hand in the keys, and I had to leave the office uh, pretty much wow. right away. And that was tough. And there's a good friend of mine who still works there. Um, which I'll give him a shout out to later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember it so distinctly as I was walking down the stairs. You know, I, I, uh, I'm <laughs> like tears were tears were starting to flow a little bit. Mm. And I'm always going to appreciate what it is. He literally walked, ran down the stairs um, to, mm-hmm. to talk to me. And we had a little, you know, walk towards the, the metro station as well. Um, and then as soon as I got in. Man, I I I I I was in a I, I was in a wreck. I was I had a uh, so many negative emotions coming at me at once. Mm-hmm. You know, sad, angry, pissed off, guilty, disappointed. Um, yeah. And that day didn't eat dinner, and for the next couple of days, I don't think I ever told you I did I didn't eat anything. I was stuck in bed mm. for the next couple of days, mm-hmm. just you know feeling really shit. Um, yeah. To, to be honest, and and I was kind of in a very kind of dark and, and kind of desolate place mentally. And bro, for anyone who's kind of uh, been through being made redundant or, or being fired, um, you know, I'm sure you can kind of relate to that kind of instant reaction. Um, so yeah, it was um wasn't a good time. Yeah, sorry to hear, bro. Because yeah, so uh, I can hear from the tone in your voice that it was a very, very well the initial part. Because I didn't, I don't, for me and for the audience to understand, those two weeks, my mind was fully on Montenegro, getting my family over there. We had a cousin's wedding, so my mind wasn't thinking of what was going on with Rick's because the last thing that I would have heard from him was, oh, the job's going well. We would have our weekly check-ins. We'll be recording uh, bits and pieces. I think by then the recording schedule probably had about two, three weeks off. So in terms of the check-ins, they weren't weren't as frequent as they should have been, which I'll take full accountability for that part. And my mind wasn't on, okay, this is potentially what has happened. So when I did eventually get in contact with Ricky, I think probably towards the end of that Montenegro trip and asked, oh, what's up? And then heard about the redundancy. I was like, we need to talk now because that's, you know, that's, it's it's heavy, especially if you've relocated all the emotions into relocating and really, really going for your dream and going for what you believe in, taking a new role at work and then essentially to have your hopes dashed in that particular moment and the key words that you stated about how you felt during that time uh the guilt the failure or feeling like a failure um just being completely upset you know it's it's obviously really really hard to hear but yeah it's um 
it's to the audience. It's one of those things where when these times do happen in life, you need to have that connection network, whether it's friends, family, loved ones to really, really garner through because life does always come with these humps, hurdles, which then can potentially lead to successes. So yeah, thanks for sharing that with us, Ricks. So after that, what happened next? What was, how did, I'm not gonna use the term navigate, but what was the pathway that you had to go through? What was the pathway that you took to then lead to the next steps? Cause I know that you got a job afterwards. We're gonna focus on the space in between the redundancy and that second job. What were yeah. your thoughts and feelings? Cause there was about two, three months between that. You can yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. What did so, you do between that time to fix your mindset? Yeah, again, we're not expecting that to happen immediately, but to fix that mindset, to to literally draw in from the connections that you do have. I know you had quite a few people visiting you during that time just yeah. to see how you are. And obviously it must have been so difficult to even explain it to the friends and the family who were coming to visit you because yeah, it's it's a down in the dump situation. But yeah, what did you do between those two time points? I think when you're in a dark place and <laughs> you want to get out of it, you can't do it alone. You can't yeah. do it by yourself. There are a couple of things that got me out of kind of this 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 dark place, right? And number one, it was talking to people, uh, <laughs> talk, talking to you about the situation, um, talking to to my, my friends there as well um, about it was um was something that really helped and it's something i, I kind of needed um because when when you're and and you know we talked about it in the very first episode of men's mental health you, know, mm -hmm. you can you can never do it alone and a, a mm -hmm. problem problem shared is a problem half right so yes i remember that quote from you mm. yeah really talking to my friends that that began to get me out of the funk a little bit um, and, and the thing is, yes, I did have that, you know, communication channel with, with most of my close friends, but they were based in the UK, right? Mm. Um, so you had that only, distance. Yeah, I still, I still kind of felt distance, um, even when talking to my friends over the UK. Um, and it's just not the same when talking to someone in real life. Um, mm -hmm. And there are kind of four people here that I'm going to give a shout out to now who really, really helped me get out of the funk. Um, and they are my core network here. Um, so the first person I want to give a shout out, I'm going to use names here. So yeah, feel free. Um, so first person is probably the sweetest, nicest and kindest girl you ever meet. Um, her name is Maria and you know, just speaking to her, spending time with her, hanging out with her, that really, really helped a lot because um, she just has a very calming presence about her. And, yeah. and that was, you know, I, I needed that. So I, I kind of needed someone to, you know, I can talk to, if not to have that calming presence about her. So I'm just so grateful to, to have her in my life. Mm -hmm. Second person is, um, you've met before, is what I regard a very good friend of mine here. Uh, his name's Anton. 
Mm-hmm. He is one of the nicest, realest, and honest guys you can ever meet. Mm. And to be fair, my kind of friendship with him it kind of really grew and developed when I moved here. So we were, mm-hmm. you know, we knew each other from you know our old workplace and stuff, and we talked sometimes, but we never really hung out, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I moved here we started to hang out more. I mean, we're both very passionate about football, uh, and mm-hmm. he also helped. He's like, look, you know, he invited me out to, to play football as well, which you no, know, I haven't done for the past what maybe six, seven years, like maybe even <laughs> a decade. I I can't keep track of it basically. Um, but yeah, just going to those football matches, hang out with him, talking to him uh, again. That 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 kind of helped with my mental state as well. Being able to go to him, talk to him, and just play football and, and take part in in the physical activity, which again is very important yes. for for mental health as well. Mm-hmm. It's a welcome distraction. So yeah, grateful to that guy as well. Uh, a welcome person, distraction, but also a good release. So just to put yeah. that in there. Mm-hmm. Third person is uh, Shania. Uh, now she is um, again such a lovely and sweet girl. Uh, now she's in her early twenties, but she has the mentality and the soul of a um, of a grandma. I always like to say to her. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's so weird that you know someone that young can mm. have really deep and thoughtful opinions uh, and, and insights into everything. And I remember one conversation I had with her, um, which I still remember, she was like, you're being too hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. The reason why you felt this guilt was that you felt you let your team down. Because it wasn't only me that got let go, it was my team that got let go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and she put it into perspective, but you got to ask yourself, did you do the best you can? When she put it that way, I was like, yeah, I did. Then you have nothing to feel guilty about. So, again, grateful to her um, for, for being there for me. Mm-hmm. And the last person, last but not least, um, is, uh, is uh, Dom. And he was actually the guy that literally was running down the stairs as soon as I had to exit the office on that day. And from the start, he's been such a great help. Not just being, you know, there for chats and stuff, but also, you know, kind of helping with kind of more the logistics of moving here in terms of, you know, like um, applying for like visas and stuff, you know, giving me advice. And again, I'm so grateful for everything he's done for me. And, you know, these four people have been kind of the shining light and beacons mm. and, and really helped me to get out the funk i also want to give a shout out to the st george's crew i think you guys were here was it august or july so that would have been that's a very good question actually i think it was end of, it was the end of july yeah end of july big shout out and love to the st george's crew i'll see you Screw it, I'm just going to name the names. You, <laughs> you, <Why not? laughs> you, Ephraim, Bavika, Mai, James, Ash, uh, and also Gab's there as well. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, when you guys came in again, that was that we had so much great fun and uh, and great conversations, and and you know it was just great to catch up with people. So again, that 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 you know caused me to to get out the funk as well. Good and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then you know once I got out of the funk, I had to make a decision. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. now I could go back to the UK. Because I know I, I can just always just go back with my family, you know, um, go back to my family, start over again and stuff. But um, during that time period, I analyzed everything. And for me, it wasn't just about professional, it was about personal, right? And yes. the thing is, with Denmark, the first three or four months were very hard. I'm not going to lie. I was mm-hmm. homesick like crazy and mm-hmm. missing everyone and you know when you're living by yourself um it can be quite hard mm. but i think when you get over that initial homesickness over the first initial couple of months it came to a point where i remember i was just biking one day and yeah now now i bike uh, which i didn't before in london <laughs> um yeah you don't want to cycle on london roads unless you oh, have no. a, a designated route exactly <laughs> it, it, it came to a point where, okay, I can actually see myself building my life here. Mm. And when I say building my life, not just from a professional standpoint, but from a personal standpoint there as well. Yes. Where, you know, eventually starting a family, raising them here. And and that's when I kind of made the decision, look, I'm going to see what else is out there on the job market. I know I'm going to be at disadvantage because when I started applying for jobs, most of them, required you to speak Danish. Yep. So I kind of knew I was Suspected. facing uphill, uphill battle in some of these roles. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try and see what's out there. Send over my applications, go for interviews. And um, that's uh, that time. Mm-hmm. So I've got a question for you. Well, question slash a statement. So yep. you essentially flipped a poignant moment in your life to essentially making a a difficult decision because you already knew that this was your place of residence. This is where you want to spend your future. I'm just going to cycle back a bit. First of all, shout out to those four friends who are based in Denmark, who looked after my friend when he was in a really, really difficult time. I think I've met two or possibly one out of the four. The other three, I look forward to actually meeting you as well when it comes to my next trip to Denmark. And then, so that's the the statement. And then the question, with the friends, obviously, I don't include myself, but as we're talking on this podcast, we're talking on this episode, I don't have to include myself. What did it mean to you to have friends come over from the UK to come and see you in your time of need? Did that hold any extra value did that make you feel any different type of way did that consolidate that friendship even further with those who came over because i know there were a few individuals who didn't know the situation but obviously when you discussed that situation with them it was all positive vibes tell me a little bit more about that before we delve on delve into your future and you know, just really, really resonating with Denmark after that situation. Yeah. Honestly, it meant the world to me that you, uh, you guys came over. Not obviously, not everyone knew about my my situation 
mm-hmm. um, within that group. I mean, you did, uh, obviously. Um, but just everyone as a collective flying over to Denmark, spending time with me, you know, going to these museums, going on those, you know, touristy um, bus tour things, um, Mm. you know, eating together, having jokes, having a laugh, you know, recapping on stories. I don't think I could... (sighs) There's not enough words to describe... Sorry, I'm just getting a bit emotional. No, so, uh, yeah, again, we're going to take our time with this interview. I don't think there's any words that I could, that will 100% encapsulate um, my sense of gratitude and Mm -hmm. and my sense of, just just my my, my overall gratitude and and thanking everyone for, for coming here. It meant so much to me hmm. to, to be able to do that. And it definitely consolidated the, the friendship. I thought it brought all of us, you know, um, together in, in mm-hmm. a more stronger uh, bond. So, like I said, I have nothing but love for, for the St. George's, uh, St. George's crew. And, and that's something I'm always going to remember deep down here. So, once again, guys, love you all. Thank you so much. And I'm very sure they all be listening. So, you know, that's definitely an amazing thing. And it's kind words. And yet again, as you already know, you, you are supported in this network that you still have in the UK. And when it comes to getting to Denmark anyway, it's less than an hour. It's an hour no, hold on, it's not less than an hour, but an hour and 20 minutes, hour and a half flight. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of London commutes that are even longer than that. So, you know, we're always will be here for you to actually see you in person as well. And obviously vice versa, if you would need to come back home. So we've mentioned, we've gone through quite a few things during this episode. So the next thing I wanted to ask, because you mentioned at the beginning of the episode that Denmark is what resonates with you. You've had the situation of redundancy and how that further reinforced your want to live and reside in Denmark, Copenhagen. Mm. what what is it well you've already stated what it is that really resonates with you but Mm. with this situation does it make you want it even more that's probably the question I want to ask does it make you want it even more and what steps are you going to put in place now to really reinforce and really make sure that this dream which already has become a reality make it really really happen for you because I know obviously we've got the next step in terms of the story as well, where yeah. you had another role. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. And now what the steps emotionally, what this mental health journey has done for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, this experience between the, the time I got made redundant and, and the time I started a new job, um, it, it, it taught me that, yes, this, this is what I what I really wanted because I was going back and forth on this. Now, okay, do I move back? Do I stay here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and after making that decision and going through with it, and after reflecting upon that, yeah, it Denmark is something I I, I want to live in. I want to live in for for a long time. I can see myself here for a long time. And as you said, it kind of reinforced 
um, my decision to, to kind of stay here and kind of really cement that. Did that answer the question? <laughs> yeah, that answered the question. I'll definitely say so. Because what what I'm seeing is, so what, what I've noticed from just reading facial expression, body language, no, I'm not a psychoanalyst, I, I'm <laughs> straight up audience, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not qualified in terms that I leave that to other people. But you seem a lot more happier and content with your life in Denmark at this current moment, because I know uh, a new position. Yeah. Uh, and I think what my question is probably going to ask, would you be at this point of contentment with Denmark if this situation did not happen? If it, let's say it was all plain sailing, do you feel that you would be more consolidated in your thoughts regarding Denmark? Is it, do you think that this is something that had to happen? What many, well, what you considered to yourself as failure and what considered what you considered to yourself as a letdown for your team when the redundancy happened, is were these the key ingredients that have led you to where you are today? And what happens next? Mm. I know very um, convoluted questions, but I'm just, you know, as we're just shooting the breeze here. And this is, yeah. I find it interesting because these are, it's not a conversation that I've actually had with you. This is all fresh for me too. I feel like, yes, I needed to, to have that experience of um, uncertainty and instability. Mm. I think it would, if it was just plain sailing, I would have been so happy. I would just, in a way, I would just, would have coasted through kind of my first year right here at Denmark without really thinking about it more kind of long term, right? Just, mm -hmm. just take just take the, the first 12 months as it is, see how you feel, and then, you know, then make a decision after that. So, yes, I think I needed to, to go through this to con consolidate um, my decision to, to want to stay here long term. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of you know, people, um, I've always said that, um, failure is one of the, is one of the biggest lessons, um, you can have, right. And it's only through failure that sometimes that's the only way you ever learn. Um, yes. and you can ever, ever grow and develop. So mm -hmm. I definitely think I, I needed to go through that <laughs> unhappy, emotional and uh, very discomforting experience to, mm. to to get to where my mind is today. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned before, um, I'm back on the job market and I, I just want to give a bit of context to that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 um, I go through the whole process, came down to two companies where I had to pick between the two essentially. Um, so I went with company A and everyone there is, you know, so nice and lovely. And I, it was a head of sales role. Um, and again, that's also kind of a, you know, step up and a new challenge. And, you know, again, I was excited. Again, a little bit fearful to be expected when you start anything new and you know i think for the first two weeks i think was going well I was excited you know, mm. i had the opportunity to bring my own ideas my own develop my own strategy in how to really 
build the go-to to market strategy for this specific product. Yeah. Um, but then it just came to a point where I, I just felt it wasn't the, the right fit. I didn't think I could work effectively with, with my boss there. And it was kind of a uh, niche decision because um, I, I knew deep down I wasn't going to be happy. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a niche decision. And then we, uh, we, we parted ways. Mm. And then for that to happen, because this would have been, I guess you would say the second time. Yeah. As you've already, ex- what well, it's kind of preempting what, well, obviously we don't, we don't, we have no idea what would have happened to the company and would, and if the streamlining process would happen again, yeah. but it was, you had already evolved enough to understand, okay, this is a position where I'm not going to have as much freedom. I'm assuming freedom that I need to fulfill the role the way how I need to fulfill it. So yeah. you took the the difficult but important step to walk away and then go back on the market again, which takes immense amount of strength to yeah. do. Because, yeah, again, I remember with this one, because this would have been last month, I believe, yeah. or the month before, you yeah. called me up and I was like, Ricky, what the hell happened now? <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. But it, it does take some balls to be able to, well, I say balls. Let's let's recorrect that. This is a child-friendly episode. It takes some courage to be able to say that this is not going to work for me. I want to take a different route. Yes, I know that it's a period of instability, but I'm going to get back on the job market again and find a role that is going to be a bit more suited for me. Yeah. So with that, the difference is, I know you're going to probably delve a bit more into the story. Yeah. The difference with that one and with that, you stepping away from it is that you decided this time around your, your actual persona you weren't down at all this time around this time around you seem to have bounced back a lot quicker so a rubber band loses its elastic loses elasticity you kind of became an inverse rubber band where you seem a lot more resilient to that change which i think is very very important when it does come to failure and big striking changes in life Yeah, again, if you go back to the Refining the Connection series of overcoming comfort and the fear of failure and looking into that, you essentially overcome the fear of failure. And now it's, you know what, I will succeed in this period of time that I have here because I've made a decision that this is where I want to place my roots down, Yeah, which I think is really, really, really important. So with the search now, I know you've got a specific way of dealing with your life now, now that you're searching for this new role. How are the habits different from that period of time beforehand between the two posts or between the two roles and now? Because I think I remember you saying something about how you have a routine now to at mm. least combat that mental health detriment that you had before. Something about going to the library. Let's hear a bit more mm. about that and how you've got the structures in your life to overcome this feeling of sadness, the loneliness and the mental health. Yeah, I mean, I, rem- I remember that conversation when I called you, and uh, you're right. Th- this time it felt different. It kind of felt like mm. a sense of um, relief. Yeah. Um, in in that way. Um, and don't get me wrong. It's you no, know, still 
doesn't feel good um mm. leaving a job so you know for the, for, for the first maybe day or so you know uh, i was uh, i did have some negative emotions but i wasn't in a rut rut compared to to the first time uh, mm-hmm. and i think part of that is um taking kind of the experiences uh, and lessons that i learned from that first time and then using it this time around to kind of have a more positive mindset and, and to keep myself busy so yeah i mean since then i've been you know looking for for jobs applying um having great calls with uh external recruiters there as well who are also pitching my my cv to companies so um very grateful for that uh and yeah i have a daily routine now where the library for my apartment is only three minute bike ride Mm-hmm. So I go there in the morning, uh, you know, go on LinkedIn and, you know, other kind of online job boards, you know, look for roles which um, which interest me uh, mm-hmm. and which I know I, I can do, write my CV, send them out. Um, and then, you know, I do that for a good three or four hours and then, you know, take a break. And then in the afternoon, mm-hmm. what I've started to do I started to kind of create what I call a personal sales playbook for me. So mm, I follow all these kind of um, sales leaders on LinkedIn uh, or newsletters, and they always give useful, digestible tips, um, mm-hmm. whether it be you know how to nail a cold call or you know how to nail your kind of your your demo practices and kind of refine them. So I'm actually starting to put all of that information into a document, which is at the moment 50 pages. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's probably going to end up in maybe 100 something odd pages there. But again, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a way of keeping myself busy, uh, but also, you know, refining my skills, but also acquiring new skills as well. Like mm-hmm. looking at it from a di- different perspective, um, there's not one, you know, um, 100% way to, to run a, a demo uh, or a sales demo, for example. No. Not at all. There are other questions you can ask or, you know, put a different perspective on it. So it's basically amalgamating all that information in there um, into documents, keeping myself busy. Um, so it, <laughs> we, we had this conversation before we, we uh, you know, we went live. It's that uh, I still treat it I'm going to a normal work day, right? Yeah, which is important. Start in the morning mm. and then finish at, you know, four or five. And then the night time, just use to chill, relax. Um, Hanging out with friends, as always, um, you know, speaking to my the my core four people, you know, here. Um, love, you know, trying out new recipes and stuff. Love cooking, mm-hmm. um, and also just jumping back on this podcast, which we're you know um, doing right now. So that's that's what I've been uh, up to to keep myself busy. Yeah, and best believe, audience. This is probably the first time where I've said we're doing a 9.30 a.m. recording on a Saturday as of this recording. Yeah. And I've had I've had Ricky be really, really eager at nine o'clock messaging me. Is 9.30 still OK? So yeah. that shows big change. <laughs> it's just, just putting it out there. But it's a change that we love to see because then obviously it means the knock on effect is consistency. The knock And that's consistency with all different routes within your life and obviously my life as well. Because in terms of the podcast, 
it means that we're having more frequent conversations about how we want to push this forward. We are collaborating more and shooting the breeze more in the background as well as in the foreground, which is what you're seeing right now in terms of this recording. So no, the in terms of the story, it has been great. It's been amazing. I'm happy that your mental health has improved so much and that this year has essentially been a very, it's been very rich in terms of personal growth and development. So it's, it's amazing to see. And I think this is, it's an incredible story for our listeners to hear. It clearly states why the hiatus happened. It clearly states where we were then, where we are now, where you are now. And yeah, I look forward to opening up and explaining just more. And I'm sure the audience is going to be happy to hear more about your story as well. So leading to conclude this episode or this interview, our, our first, our inaugural interview episode, we really talked about what has been learned. If you can sum up a few points for our audience and listeners to take home, what would you say? And if you want to end it with a nice quote, feel free as well, because there must be a quote that sums up all of this. What is it that kept you going? So yeah, sum up, if you can sum up the points that you've taken yeah. from this learning experience. Yeah, well, um, it has been, you know, kind of a, kind of been therapy, actually, um, mm. this episode, personally for me, just, you know, having to, to go back and, and kind of relive the, the kind of emotions and feelings um, at that time. Um, I, I think the biggest takeaway from this is for those who've ever had to move to a new country or been made redundant or struggling with their own mental health, the biggest uh, thing to remember is you can't get out of it or you can't push through it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a strong core support network um, whether that be through family or friends and don't be ashamed or don't be scared to reach out to those people and share your problem or what you're feeling with them. The worst thing you could do is bottle it up by yourself and think that you're going to solve this entirely by yourself. There's a reason they're your friends and family and it's not well, you should never let your ego get in the way and just say, look, you know, I, I lost my job or I'm feeling really shit or my mental health is not in a good space right now. Don't feel like you're ever going to be a burden onto others. Um, so always take the courage and, and take that next step to to, to reach out to, uh, to your network. And yeah, as we always do, as usual, we will finish with a, with a quote and... <laughs> This is from a one of the greatest fictional characters ever written. Uh, and most listeners will probably uh, know when I mention the name Rocky. And uh, this movie, um, Rocky Balboa, which I think it's the sixth one in the series. Very highly <laughs> recommended. If you haven't checked it out, go watch it. Yeah, that's, that's this, how they talk to me. <laughs> yeah, There's this one scene with his son. And just to give you a bit of context, so basically Rocky, um, he hasn't fought in a good number of years. He's getting old. He wants to, to come out retirement to prove something to himself and to his son. So the son 
is against Rocky going back into the ring because he feel like if Rocky fails, it's going to bring shame to him personally. And he, his son always had a chip on his shoulders saying that the only reason I'm getting somewhere is because of the, the name. Because everyone knows Rocky. He was a world champion. And uh, he didn't believe in himself. And, and this quote really, really resonated with me. So Rocky's explaining to his son that basically you're putting all the kind of bad things or failures that are happening in your life is pulling the blame because of the name. Like, there's a big shadow. But then Rocky says, no one's going to hit harder than life. Mm. It's not about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much punishment you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And to this day, I watch that every single morning. Before I do anything else, I go on YouTube and I watch that specific clip. And it really resonates. Um, it really resonates with um, just about anyone. Yeah, mm. In life, you can have your ups and downs, but you can wallow and you can feel sorry for yourself. But it's time to get back up. So that's something I want to kind of leave the, the listeners um, with. And also for anyone that had a tough time relocating with Ben's mental health, sorry, Ben's mental health, mental health in general, <laughs> uh, or just being made redundant, you know, feel free to reach out to us. We're on Instagram, Purpose Hang Time, but you can also... Um, send a message to our personal Instagram. So mine is Kung Fu underscore Panda. So it's P-A-N-G-D-A. So it's play my last name. And then Leon, if you want to give out your uh, your Insta as well. Yeah, in terms of my personal, it's LRM underscore Visions. I don't use it much, but feel free. If you feel that today's episode has touched you in a specific way you can resonate with it or you want to learn more feel free to get in contact via instagram or via our linkedin or our specific linkedin uh platforms as well because i am sure in terms of that aspect we're, de- we're generally a lot more active on that but yet we are on both so it, sh- it will be definitely great to have a conversation and i'm sure ricky will be very very happy to have conversations and further conversations regarding the mental health aspect of relocating as well as essentially tackling loneliness and being able to be accountable and be open with those when it comes to dealing with difficult situations. So without further, without further ado, that was the first interview episode. Um, so rich, rich, rich nuggets of information. Thank you, Ricks for taking us through that. I've learned some new things, new stuff about your routine. I now know I need to, watch a few more Rocky Balboa videos and you <laughs> watch more films. Cause I think I'm, yeah, I think I've only watched one, which is yeah. not good. So yeah, if I want to get some more inspiration, that's what I need to do. And I think that's the same thing we should say to our audience as well. So thank you very much everyone for listening Two guys shooting the breeze, improving our connections. Take care all until next time. <laughs>